Hello, mate. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a lovely, lovely morning. Lovely sunglasses as always, my friend. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, just uh, UV, just keeping that UV light out, you know what I mean? Just trying to make sure I don't go blind, that's all. Ah, uh, mate, I've just, I'm still waiting for mine to arrive. So um, I'm looking forward to it, though. I'm very much looking forward to it. I've been noticing a lot recently with, with headaches uh, in particular and um, noticing, obviously, the, the blue light uh, yeah. in certain different things. Uh, and also been looking at uh, the infrared aspects of things. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of people don't necessarily think about that, but that is another, another topic altogether. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in, in short though, in short, for honestly, for anyone who's thinking about, oh, should I get them, should I not get them? I'll tell you what, I've read some stuff that's, that, that call them out and say that their phone, like that it's, that it's BS, right? That the science has just like been disproven. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's helped with me and, it's, and I've not been getting any headaches at all. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might not work for you, but like if, 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 if they're not expensive, it's, it's an inexpensive thing to, uh, to invest into. And if it helps you, then why not? Yeah, the investment to, to health is is a massive thing right now. Uh, and I think a lot of people, they need to definitely take more care of themselves. Um, but I'm sure we'll dive into, uh, into that topic in the future. Um, but today, great to, great to catch up. And more importantly, to answer a question that was asked to me last week and surrounding running. Now... Yeah. Running, to me, is probably an unexplained topic. And the reason being uh, is there's so many different research-based articles out there at the moment yeah. that cover so many different areas that for us today, what, what we want to answer uh, to a question that was asked to us uh, was, how do I prepare for running? What do I do during running? Uh, and also the recovery aspects uh, after running. So today we have, as always, uh, my good friend, Mr. Coach Nick Garcia. Always a pleasure to, 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 to chat. And um, yeah, let's, let's dive into this. Uh, I think it's uh, very, very important. Um, but let's just break this down into segments because they're all very individual topics to speak about. And most importantly, um, Let's talk about the preventative measures before you run, the warm-up processes, as, as we call it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with this before we get into anything is that we ha- what we speak about right now is, is going to be very general. I mean, like it's, it's everyone's going to be a case-by-case basis. You know, this isn't, this isn't specific to anybody, but if we're speaking in general terms and how to, uh, how to address it for the uh, just common runner or so someone who's just starting to get running and a beginner um, without any injuries or anything that is troubling them, then this is what we would do. Okay. So um, what was your question again? <laughs> uh, for for <laughs> preparation. Um, yeah. So warm up. Look, I, for the most part, get my guys to fig like to think about them to understand what it is involved with running. So it's like what joints and what are we doing in running? So what we have to understand, what we have to, to realize is we are taking a lot of steps. So there's a lot of impact happening when you're running, like repetitive impact, okay? So what we want to do is address the joints around, uh, around that, the structures um, that are taking those impacts. So f- for running specifically, we're looking at the ankle, the knee, and the hip, right? Now, for my warm up and the prescription I give to my guys, I try to give something that is um, something that that gets the joint moving, but not trying to open up so 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 much. Right? We're not trying to get them like into gymnasts here. So stuff that is just general dynamic walkthroughs of lower body um, stretches. I'm gonna say, um, but yeah, dynamic stretches, and then as well give some. Uh, like loading through those joints um, and just ease the joints into that before you start going out and and going full pelt on your run. Um, Now, one really, really big one I like to use is a load and lift. 
um, as a warm-up drill um, for runners. So on a single leg, just bending down into like almost like a running position into a running stance on that one leg and then lifting back up and just loading and lifting, loading and lifting, barefoot, getting the feet, the, the muscles in the feet working, waking them up, uh, loading through the ankle, loading through the knee, loading through the hip. Um, and yeah, but like I said, that, that's just, this is just quite general um, without being too specific for people who need specific things. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I, would, I would start looking at manual manipulation prior to running. Uh, like you say, look, this is very generic. Okay, so what we want to look at is we want to look at ankle rolling first off. We want to get the, the joint to effectively start activating uh, prior to the movement that's at hand. Uh, in this context, running. Um, but like you say, the, the load to lift concept is something that you can do at home. It's not, it's not a stressful task. Um, the ability to be able to prepare the joint for exercise. Uh, and like you say, um, it, the repetition of the impact uh, of running is, is quite significant. Uh, a lot of people that go out running, they just associate it with, I'm going to lose weight. Okay. Yeah. We know this, but the problem that we're experiencing right now is that there's a vast majority of people that aren't actually physically preparing their body for running. Mm-hmm. So to answer that, the question that was asked, the best way to get started by running is by looking at your physical preparedness for it. Uh, so when you first wake up, are your joints actively mobile for you to be able to carry out prolonged periods of impact to, to the ground? And do you know that by actually doing this, it's actually breaking down muscle tissue? It's actually breaking down fluids within the, in the legs, um, specifically cartilage uh, in, in that first instance in terms of the knees. And uh, we're going to move on to on to the second part of that question, which I think it's very good for for that in particular, which is the knees. We hear so much about knee injuries. Ah, oh, I can't run because my knees are doing this. Okay, um, my first thing that they need to be addressing uh, is what nutrients are they taking in prior to running. Thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, look, obviously nutrition is a, is a massive part of it, a massive part of it. Um, I, I don't, I really would hope that people have steered away from this um, fasted cardio sort of mentality um, and also would understand and, and appreciate the, the importance of hydration too. So um, that meaning like those two things, meaning making sure that you've fueled enough with water, hydrated your body enough. And then as well, make sure that you have uh, copious amounts of, of uh, carbohydrate storage. So making sure that you've eaten well and fueled your body well prior to your run. Um, it's, it, I just, uh, yeah, it, it really, it really baffles me. People who still try to do this fasted cardio stuff and, yeah. The the anyway, yeah, I don't want to go into that. Let's No, 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 that's cool. It's it, look it, like like we always say, man, the, these topics are so they're so extensive uh, and the research that goes into it uh, and also the ability to to know what's working and what isn't for that individual. It is always a case by case scenario. Yeah. Um but in particular when we're looking at the the preventative measures uh and actually the physical preparedness for that that discipline as as we call it the most thing that I would look at is have they actually fueled correctly for that exercise? Because you're going to put someone through a three, uh, a three, five or a 10 K run. Okay. For example, uh, the first thing that you want to be looking at is are you running in the morning or the evening? Okay. Your expenditure throughout the day is going to mean that you're running in the evening is going to be a lot lower. So your nutrients need to be able to accommodate for that. Whereas when you're in the morning, your physical preparedness, you wake up, you go through joint mobility exercises, you eat breakfast. Your body, I would say, 
would be 99% more prepared for that activity versus the evening. But that's just, that's just a general consensus. That's, that's, that's my, that's my view on the time that you're taking for the exercise. If you're say, for instance, going to a nine to five job, that's completely different altogether. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's like what we're saying. We said, uh, sorry, I mentioned at the beginning that this has to be taken quite uh, generally, you know, it, it can't be, everybody's going to be individual. Like it's going to, it's going to alter for every single person a little bit. So this, this has to, this approach has to be taken as a blanket sort of approach. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think most general people in the morning who would get up, have a good breakfast, have the time to then go and do the mobility stuff before they run. Um, haven't arrested from the, the night before of sleep. They should be running better right? They should be running better. That is given that they've, that they've rested well. Um, yeah. I mean, there's other things that come into play with like people who are just mentally stressed, mentally tired. Again, those things can factor into the way that you run and that can break you down. So yeah, but like, you're right. I, I definitely think that if you were to choose between morning or an evening run, if you're a beginner, give, I would say earlier in the day would be better than leaving it till later in the day. Yeah. Yeah, one one hundred percent. I'm a massive advocate of that. Um, some people that I know in my network are going for evening and uh, late night runs. Um, it, it's all dependent on your situation, as as we can all imagine. Right now, it's it's tough to be able to say, "Look, okay, I need this to do that." But then there's just some people that are just naturally in better physical condition to be able to do it and, and get it done. Um, one thing that I want to step back a little bit and talk about is joint health. Now, during running, there's multiple ground contacts, multiple stresses on the body, the breakdown of muscle tissue, uh, the nutrient de- uh, depletion. You're going through all these cycle of changes. And the biggest thing that people don't realize is that the cartilage within their joints is actually taking a massive beating. How would you, how would you explain that to a beginner? Yeah. So it's a tough one, isn't it? So the first thing I would like to, uh, I want people to, to understand is like I said before, the ankle, the knee in the joint are very, very important. And they're, they're the ones that taking a lot of load, absorbing the load when we land and strike the ground. Okay. Now, multiple, 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 multiple strikes in the ground. We need to have efficient joints to be able to absorb those loads, like the multiple strikes. Okay. Now, what does that, what does that entail? What are we asking of those joints? So first of all, we're asking for them to be able to cope with a certain amount of mobility, right? And I'm not saying they need to be super, super mobile. I'm not saying that at all, but there needs to be some sort of like a good level of mobility in the ankle, the knee and the hip so that we can, when they move into the, to the uh, position they need to be in to absorb the load, they can do so. All right. So not stressing the joint out. Now, once they have the mobility there to do it, they need to be able to tolerate that, that load. Okay. So the best way I can give the best example you can give is like, if you go, uh, it's just like in, in strength training, right? Like, let's say this week I go in and well, I've been in lockdown. So my one rep max is probably going to be about 50 kilos bench press. So I go in and I do 50 kilos, right? If I go in with the mindset, I'm going to do hundred kilos and I've tried to bang out a hundred kilos. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to lift it. Like my body just can't do that. It's the same with your running. If you haven't, if you have not yet, if your body can't tolerate 10 kilometers of running, why, why would you go and do 10 kilometers? If your body, if your joints can only tolerate two or three kilometers, why, why are you going and running 10? You know, this is how we prepare for our training sessions for gym. You don't go in and do a hundred kilo bench press. No, you go in, you do your 20. Okay, cool. That feels good. You do 40, you do your 60. All right, well, 60 is like where I'm at. It feels a bit, it's getting a bit tough. Then you stop, right? The, the same, we have to apply that same sort of mentality like to our running. We have to just like pull it back a little bit, rein it in. So the joints need to be um, progressed, right? We can't just, we can't just expect them to, 
go and tolerate these massive, massive amounts of, of, of uh, strikes to the ground. The, the loading's just like so, so much. So if you're new, this is what, this is what we're talking about. To people who are new to running, start with something like a two-kilometer run. And I know that sounds like, oh, I can do that easily. Okay, but like I said, if your, your cardiovascular system might be able to cope. You might be fit enough to do that. That's fine. But your joints might not have the ability to, to absorb that load yet, more than two kilometers. So start to work through that, you know, start to work at two kilometers. That feel okay. Cool. Try three, try a four, continue on slowly from there. If you start to get a little bit of pain and, and you're getting a bit of like, you know, negative feedback after the session or the, the day after you're feeling pain that you shouldn't be, then you know, okay, well, I need to dial it back a little bit and get my joints at, get my joints uh, being able to tolerate the, the load I can, that I, the load that I'm taking at two kilometers, for example, before I can push to four. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Uh, I, I think we've answered the, <laughs> the, the measurements and the metrics on what people should be doing in, in terms of actually creating a good structure for that. Um, the next part of obviously this question, the, the, the effects. Okay. The effects of obviously running, they, they place obviously large impacts on the joints. But the recovery strategies uh, is, is, the, is, the, is the words I'm going to use because they are. Uh, and my go-to strategy, say for instance, if I'm doing a, a short run or I'm prescribing someone a short run, uh, I'd be looking at um, active stretching, not passive um, and the reason for that uh, is to obviously get the body to run through its adaptive changes, but also getting the nutrients to start start functioning around the body uh, at a at a lower intensity. Uh, so for me, I'd be looking towards just some slow sets of lunges just to get the body just to stretch it out a little bit, um, and obviously stop in, in inhibitions of hip hip flexors. Uh, and also uh, hamstring uh, tightness. We obviously want to reduce that. Uh, but one thing, uh, here's, here's a little trick, okay, that I, I actually give to a lot of people. Take a banana with you, okay? It sounds really stupid, but as soon as you finish your run, eat a banana while doing active stretching. I can guarantee you your soreness will change significantly uh there is a bit of a deeper scientific reasoning behind that which i'm not going to go into um but the long story short when you run glycogen depletes we need to replenish that the first is the fastest way of doing that is to get fast acting carbohydrates into the body to replenish it it will help with the the prolonged effects of obviously performance um, but also at the same time, you'll just notice that the, the stress on the, on the joints and the muscles um, will be significantly reduced. And you'll also just you'll, you'll feel, feel a bit better. Um, so there's just one little, one little tip that I, I would suggest. Uh, anything else that you think you would use as a, as a better recovery strategy or something alternative to that? I know it's quite funny, right? Because um, I'll share a quick little story. Uh, I used to train... Um I used to train this group of kids uh, back in Melbourne, uh, footy club, and they, I mean, I, I personally hated it as well when I, was, when I was growing up, like after your training session or after your game, you don't want to go through stretches and cool downs and that sort of stuff. No, you're like, you want to go home and, and carry on with the day, right? But the way that we used to get these kids uh, to sit down and to do the, the cool down with us was we would give them a, like a, a protein supplement right? And like we hyped it up to say like, oh, you know, if you have a protein, pro, protein drink after the game, you're going you're gonna to get bigger, like you're going to get stronger. And, you know, the, the boys were like, yes, sweet. Like, so you can only have it if you come down and stretch with us. So, we, you know, we, we use the similar technique where you're using, you know, of, the, of like having something while you're stretching. Um, so they're, all, they're fueling their body with the nutrients they need post-run plus also doing their cool down. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that strategy is good. Um, I think that's a very, very good thing. Some people can't stomach food um, immediately after running or training, which is totally fine. But if you can get, like, if you say, okay, well, I've prepared a, I don't know, a, a small protein 
like a water-based protein drink um, and have that and say like, I'm going to sip on that while I go through my, uh, my cool down and doing things like those active stretches. Um, that that's a quite a good way to make sure that you actually do it. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is with recovery, the following day you would be really doing yourself a disservice, especially if you're new to running by planning or wanting to do a, an intense or somewhat intense lower body session the following day. Right. So I would say, like you said, active stretches being very, very important part to the, the cool down and, and to making sure that we're recovering properly. Um, but if you're, if you're trying to implement your cardio or like, let's say, sorry, your running training with your um, strength training on the days, sorry, if you're running, then the off day, the next day, have a look at trying to implement some sort of movement mobility work, lower body mobility work, movement into your training program and focus more on upper body strength that day or doing or something that's going to be the increasing the intensity through the upper body as opposed to the lower body so that you can implement the mobility stuff into your program for your lower body and you're not overstressing it. And then you should be able to, what will you be? Your recovery will be a lot better. You're not putting more stress onto the legs after the run the following day, you know? So, um, yeah, I think th- those those things are important for for the recovery post run. No, definitely. Uh, it's very interesting when you see so many different recovery strategies and, and recovery mechanisms that different coaches have uh, have got out there. And um, it, it yeah, it's it's just very very interesting. Really, I like to use the the combination aspect of uh, a lower load recovery, uh, but also moving on to the next point let's look at strategies for for beginners because i think although we've answered the question it's fantastic but the one thing that i want to stress to people that are starting out running right now less is more yeah and what i mean by that is if you want to start out and you want to you want to set yourself up for doing a 10k run okay we use the example that you, that you told me a couple of weeks ago. Okay, you started out by doing a 10K run and it started out by your client, by helping your client achieve that. But then you started doing it, okay? You don't just set out and do a 10K run. Never, okay? It, it, it's stupid. Eradicate, <laughs> from that brain, eradicate it from your head straight away because it's, it's not going to help you. So my go-to three things in terms of strategy would be set out three runs a week, okay? Set out three mobility sessions a week. And then from that, you'll be able to do, you'll set three targets. One every four weeks. To me, that is the ideal scenario because you're able to assess the mobility. You're able to set yourself some goals and set yourself some targets. You're not just going to run a 10K in, in two weeks. Uh, if you're doing it then you're doing it incorrectly I'm sorry you're hurting yourself and you're not making it any beneficial to you so get a plan in place 12 weeks is is to me it may seem a lot but I guarantee you you'll be able to set some different targets along the way that will be able to achieve that yeah it's just it's like you said you've got to people have to take this that that thought away I don't I don't it's, I don't know. I don't understand why there's just been this, uh, this need for people to like in lockdown. Oh, I'm going to run 10 K. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Like steady on, steady on, you know, just can't, can't just, just go out busting 10 K, you know? Yeah. Barry wants to go and run a 10 K. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. one, Barry. Yeah. So, um, that, that, yeah, that needs to, uh, that needs to go. And then also I think this, that saying of less is more cannot be, more applicable to anything right now that we're doing in lockdown. Like this is this running thing. uh, You you have to apply that thought process when we're doing this, because otherwise you're going to end up with more injuries than you had before lockdown. You know, we've got to, we've got to reel it back. We've got to reel it back and just start looking at 
taking it slow with the runs in terms of the distance and then also your your technique and, and your actual running pace you know there's no that that slow everything down and it'll be way more beneficial when you when we come out of this lockdown if you do this properly if you if you cut everything back and slowly increase things and plan properly as you said like pl- plan 3 times a week for running and then in between those days of doing things that are going to help with recovery plan those mobility sessions and the, and making sure that you're preparing and doing a cool down properly um and then you will then you will finish the lockdown doing the running distance that you intended to do i promise you but going out full belt in in the first full belt sorry first day of your of lockdown or or this this decision being made that you want to run 10k is just not it's not going to work yeah, so anyone out there that actually is called Barry, this is not a targeted approach towards you. Okay, mate? So if you're hearing this and your name's Barry, we don't know any Barrys. So we're just throwing that out there. Um, Except for Barry's boot camp. They need to hit us up. We need to help them out. <laughs> we've, <laughs> it's interesting, actually. That is another episode. We are talking to someone, funny enough, that is from Barry's boot camp. He will be on the next episode uh, coming up in the future. So be sure to listen to that, to that, to that one. Um, but to anyone obviously looking to do a 10K, here's, here's a set example. Set yourself between 2 to 5K within the first four weeks. Then build yourself up to 7.5 over the eight weeks and then build yourself up to 10 to 12K. That's my assessment on that. Uh, And I think it's safe to say that they're they're good measurements because what you'll find is that you'll be able to track the times and then you'll you'll slowly reduce, 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 reduce. And then as you start upping, then you can reduce, 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 and you can set yourself small targets from that weekly. Gives you some consistency. You're able to achieve a realistic goal. Uh, and also from that, the timeframes are, are very measured for that. So, and and more importantly as well, you'll you'll walk away uh, with hopefully no injuries. You walk away doing doing this without any pains, without any niggles, and yeah, you, you'll be you'll be able to continue the whole process without having to uh, to stop to to figure out oh how do I fix this? How do I fix that? You you won't have to do those things. There is another there is another side to this as well that that we can talk about just briefly. Um, if you are finding that you are losing strength, throw in some interval sprints, change it up, put something in there that's going to promote an alternative stimulus that is going to help your body to repair because it's going to be a strength based session, explosive sprints. Then you start looking at different types of energy system training. There's massive progressions within this uh, and there's and there's alternative variations as well because we can start looking at tempo running yeah yeah start looking start looking at hill sprints interval training um there, there's loads of things uh, and look myself and nick we, we actually program for people like this every day we know what people experience we know how to alleviate the the joint issues that, that come across and and also at the same time it's not only the physical, but also the mental aspects of it as well. Because when you're trugging along doing the same thing, don't get me wrong, it, it will get boring. But you want it to be fun. There's so many different um, methods that, that, you can, that you can roll with. Uh, and that leads on to, to a, a different area that I want to talk about as well in terms of the tracking capabilities. Technology, it's huge right now. A lot of people, a lot of different variations. Um, I myself have some select products that I think work very well. Uh, let's let's pick one in particular: smartwatches. Yeah, amazing. The the technology is great at the moment, and uh, I mean, I I won't lie, I'm a bit of a cheapskate. I went for a very very cheap Garmin watch option. Um, but you know what? It does the trick. It does everything I need to, for it to do. So I, I don't. I don't know if if it's if if you're a beginner runner and you just like want something to track. It's like we want a device to, to to track your running. You don't really need to spend lots of money uh, on getting the best of the best. Um, 
Yeah, I, I personally don't think so. Um, there are. Yeah, a lot I totally of agree with that. I totally agree with that because there are a lot of people they'll they'll sit there and they'll be like, "Oh, I need to get an Apple Watch. I need to get a Fitbit so and so that's three hundred pounds." No, what we're what we're saying here is that you can buy a middle of the range Fitbit or a middle of a range Garmin or um, there's loads of things. Okay, but what we're saying here is that. The applications that we'll use to track it are ones like Strava, okay? I'm a big advocate of it. I think it works really well uh, in the running world. Uh, there's also uh, a few others out there which I'm not too familiar with. I haven't seen any other technology that, that really, really gives me what I need to be able to then to relay back to, to the athletes that I work with. Um, but what it does do is it allows me to actually see their measurements and actually see where they've run because then I'm able to track the elevation or track certain details that I need um, to, to actually get a result. Garmin, I know have their own specific one that they have um, that that works really well. Uh, But in particular from that, yeah, you've obviously got your Nike run club. Yeah. Uh, Under Armour have one as well, I believe. Uh, but from that, yeah, see, that's at a ba- that's at a basic level. We want people to to get running, but we don't want you to break the bank balance. You don't need to break the bank balance. You need to get a good pe- good pair of footwear, for instance. That's the first thing, and then all you need is your legs, <laughs> your legs and your arms, your body. Yeah. But tracking is obviously important to certain people because they want to see what they've done. You don't just want a watch that's timing you and then you're guesstimating what, how far you've run because then you look back and you're like, well, I didn't take my phone out with me, so I don't know how many steps I've done. Um, what do I do now? Okay, so then you just start writing down, I ran from road A to road B, and then you start doing that. Then just time that. You can still run without technology, but for however long or for the distance yeah you need some form of uh, of tracking or stopwatch around your neck which was the 1920s way of doing it but yeah well i mean it's it's going to just like the way that your personal trainer or tom and myself would would um program and and monitor our clients right you know and when we're training them um we have a stuff written down that that shows or that's that has data from their previous sessions right so i might have barry from the previous conversation he's come to uh see me for upper body chest and we've been training for upper body sorry upper body push and we've been training for i don't know six months and i know okay well like six months ago old mate barry was lifting 50 and now he's at 120 you know i can give that data and you want to do that as well for yourself with your running tom's laughing but Barry got strong. Um, now you um, you want to do? Barry that didn't break the bank balance. <laughs> he did not. He did not. Um, <laughs> only paid only paid you, mate. <laughs> Six right. months of breaking the bank balance. You what did you achieve? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. But seriously, so you you guys want to do this yourselves, and you don't you don't need. Uh, actually you really don't need someone like myself or Tom to, to track that for you. You can do that yourself. There's apps out there for free that do that. And the, yes, the watch is an investment. Um, if you don't have a watch, the Strava app actually just works on your phone. So if you have one of those, uh, I don't know, those training bands you can put around, even I've seen them around the waist. Um, you can put them around your arm. Um, you can just set it on your phone to on, on the Strava app to track and you press stop when you finish on, on, the phone, on the phone and it does the same thing, just like the watch. You get all the same data. You actually don't even need the watch if you've just got your phone. Um, Interesting you- story. Interesting story that you told me the other week, which is quite, is, uh, a lot of people listening to this will laugh. So if you do have a watch and you do have a phone, you can connect the two to each other and you can leave your phone at home. Uh, so- Nick experienced that. What, two, two weeks ago now, was it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm new to the, look, I'm new to the uh, watch, world, watch technology world. I'm new to it. But um, 
yeah, you don't you don't need to wear a watch and hold the phone in your other hand. Uh, you will look stupid. Um, so just pick one or the other. You don't need both. Um, but, um, so yeah, and the, the other thing on this is I, I know that you get a lot of metrics, a lot of data from these apps and the phone, right? And, and people are thinking like, you know, what should I be looking at? Really, what I should should I be looking at? And well, like we mentioned before, we've mentioned this whole conversation about distance. So the like the volume of the run. So the so when we look at the volume, you want to look at the distance and the time, right? So those two things are going to be the most important in, in my opinion. What what metrics or sorry, what data you want to gain from those from those apps. Um, elevation could be one, but I, I think um, yeah, distance, the time and the pace at which you're running. Um, because that'll give you a good idea, especially like for maybe someone who's not such a big, maybe he's not someone who's not a beginner, someone who's a bit intermediate and they're trying to figure out like, and try to improve their, try and tr- improve their speeds over long distances or trying to Im- uh, implement a new uh, running technique or style into, into their runs. The pace is quite important. So if you know you run it, let's say, for example, a five minute per kilometer pace, right? Um, and you know, that's your general running pace okay well that's good because you can work back from that and say like if i'm going to make any changes i'm going to run a little bit slower i might run at 5 25 30 so i can implement implement these new changes into that run um and then when you do your shorter runs and you want to increase your speed and practice running faster you know okay well i can run five five minute k's on my base then i'm going to increase that. i'm going to try and run at 440 and try and run a one or two k at 440 you know so the the pace your, your pace is very important for for deciding, you know, at, at what le- at what lengths or what times should you be running faster, increasing your pace and slowing down your pace. Definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, one thing that you said there as well in terms of tracking distances, talk to someone, find out, find out where you're at, uh, and then if you do have data available that you've actually been tracking send it to us. Let's have a look because there may be metrics that we'll look at and we'll, we'll start assessing that because it's important that you, you get it right. But at the same time, it, it, it's important for you because it just gives you a peace of mind yeah. uh, to know that there's people that actually follow that. Um, as I've said in previous podcasts, I use a software platform myself to be able to actually track and convert the analytics so then it can actually give you a graph and a projection of where you can be going. Uh, so it's a really good way of being able to essentially estimate where you can get to if you've been performing it correctly. But that's only from me as a coach and being able to know how to do that. Uh, the how-to process to, to run, um, I think, yeah, is, is far more important than worrying about the data. When we get to competition level, when we get to performance level, when we start putting those phases of training together, and then we start setting metrics, well, okay, we need you running at this elevation. If we can't see the elevation on the data, then we need to then go out there and we need to, as coaches, then research those areas of where the elevation is gonna be at its highest points, so it actually promotes a positive response. But then we start looking at energy system development uh, and things like that, which is far beyond what we're talking about today. But it's it's a good topic. Uh, energy system development is part of being able to to run effectively to do a marathon. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, people out there running now would see that a half marathon or a uh, an endurance race, if we if we call it, just as a, a broad topic, uh, they'd be seeing that as a major goal, a major achievement. Um, so very, very important there in not just looking at technology for what it is, but also seeing how it can be developed for you moving forward. Um, so on, on that final note, really, uh, I want to just talk about, uh, one other area that really came to me when, when I was thinking about different things that were going to help with people running sleep. Now, we don't talk much about that in terms of running 
people just associate running with, okay, it's going to help my health. It's going to help me generally to burn fat. It's going to promote uh, a brain function, uh, believe it or not. Uh, but sleep, I, I, I think this is a huge topic. Uh, we, I only want to touch on this just lightly. Um, but in terms of sleep, what, what would you... What would you encourage people to start doing? I, I want to move away from the general eight hours an evening, uh, eight hours a night, because I think that a lot of people, they, they know that. They know just in general balanced health uh, terms that you should be getting a minimum of eight hours a night uh, as, a, as a general consensus. Um, but for me, I think that preparing to go to sleep is so much more important than waking up from sleep. Yeah. Um, Thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if we're talking about if it's sleep and its relation to running, like in terms of like how or why should we really be focusing on sleep and, and what, uh, what effects does it have on the running? So um, as we mentioned before, so I think in the morning, like, generally for most people was quite good, good time because you're well rested. Now, then if you look at it for people, someone who's not well rested, someone who is dealing with a lot of high stress, who's not getting enough hours of sleep, who's having restless sleep, who wakes up and they're stressed. Do we, do we want them to run? Probably not. And they're probably, and, and they're most likely not going to be running efficiently. They're, their heart, their heart rate, especially if they're someone who's already stressed is not going to be their the cardiovascular fitness is not going to be performing at its best. Right. I, I, I understand what you're getting at is in terms of like, what are we doing to prepare for sleep and how, and in the importance of it, I think like that is a huge topic. Maybe like, I mean, yeah, we could, we could talk all day about how to, uh, how to really improve your sleep. But what, what I think people need to understand is just the the message that if you sleep first of all is a part of your recovery right but also just as important as your recovery especially for your for your training it 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 will dictate your performance too if you're not recovering properly you're not going to perform optimally right so it's like this this cycle effect yeah we need we train and then we sleep to recover but then we also sleep so that we can perform well the following day or to, 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 to perform optimally the, the following day. Right. So it's, it is a very, very important part of your recovery an important part of your preparation for your training um, and, and for your performance. So making sure that you have those eight hours, as Tom said, is like something that now most people do, but prepare yourself doing things like, meditation could be something you can incorporate making sure that you're not on your phone on the computer like sitting in bed like i am now and then going dozing off to sleep as soon as you've, you've finished your work like that is a terrible way to shut your system down like shut off your mental system not your uh, uh cp so to, to to go to sleep is a bad way that's it's a terrible way so if you remove all those devices don't have thoughts of work or stressful things going on in your head. Do something like med meditation is so important. I think it's so underrated. I think it's like one of the most underrated forms of uh, well, that can, something that can be implemented so easily into recovery and will benefit your, it's, it's benefiting your mental state, obviously, but it'll also benefit things like sleep. It's, it's crazy. So doing something like meditation or doing just, putting everything else away and, and giving yourself something, some music to just calm you down and to even turn off all the lights, make everything dark, that that will start to put your body in a natural state of, of sleep, right? So um, those things will prepare you better and will effectively make your sleep more efficient, um, meaning that your recovery will be great as well as when you get up in the morning to run, you at you have hopefully given your body the, the optimal rest it needs to then go and perform at its best. Yeah, massively. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in 
melatonin rich foods. And I, I don't necessarily want to delve into that too much, but the long story short of it is melatonin is your sleep hormone effectively. It, it will control whether or not you sleep well, uh, and you're actually in that state of relaxation prior to sleep. Um, there's obviously different sleep patterns that are, are just not even gonna bother going into that because it will just it will just unravel a whole new cycle of things and it's not gonna be able to provide any benefit to anyone listening to this. Um, but melatonin, in short, it controls your ability to sleep and allows you to go to sleep better. Uh, so one thing to think about there is start looking at the foods associated with it because then you'll be able to prepare your evening meal to then reflect that for when you're starting to wind down, removing all technology before you go to sleep. I put my phone and I put my um, laptop and all other technology devices in another room. I've started doing that recently because I thought that it would help in terms of my sleep and what it has done, it has helped. And then in terms of the morning, I wake up and my blinds are open, so I'm able to then go and wake up with natural light. Strange things to do, but then they start promoting different things. So I've got melatonin that's helping me get to sleep, and then I've got serotonin that's helping me wake up. My cortisol levels, my stress levels, are significantly lower because I'm manipulating the positives of the hormones that I want to release into my body. Uh, reduction, obviously, in alcohol is a given. Um, but when, when obviously, people are stressed, they tend to go towards those types of things. So I'm not adverse to it. I'm just saying limit. Limit the amount of times that you have to do that by just putting preventative measures in place to help you achieve what you're setting out to do because it will help your running. When you yeah. run and you're in a happy mood, endorphins are flying you're happy as hell. You've woken up. Serotonin's at, at its highest and you're in a good state. Then you're only just going to increase that even more. Don't get to a point where you start exploding and thinking that your rocket going to take off because people might think you're crazy. But you can't ever be too happy in, in my eyes. But if you can reduce the negative impacts from around you, then your body just starts naturally adapting to that way of life. Uh, and it creates the positive stemming from that. And that's something I've learned in my own life because I'm able to see it reflecting with the people that I'm connecting with. So it, it, it's a transferable uh, scenario. Um, anything else that you want to add to that? Um, no, but look, there's, I, I know there's a lot of people in this category. I, I don't want to go into it too much more because it's probably a, maybe a subject for another day, but... Um, there's a lot of people in this category of who, who are dealing w with uh, a lack of efficient sleep, who, who have trouble falling asleep and who have trouble waking up feeling good. Um, and I just, the, the thing I want to put out there is if you don't make a change yourself, like you just coming to someone like Tom and myself and, and saying like, Oh, I have bad sleep and just accepting it and saying like, that's the reason why things where they are. No, that's, that's not true. You don't have to have bad sleep. If you don't start making changes for yourself, this is sleep is something that everybody has to do. You have to do it every single day, right? You have to make a change for you. That might be something that you're not used to. It might be something that you don't like or that you you've not done before, but you have to be might, it's going to be uncomfortable. And it's something like we mentioned before meditating or, eating foods high in, in our melatonin, um, doing things like manipulating the light exposure you have before you go to bed. If you, it might not be a comfortable thing, but you have to start making a change so that you can improve those things that, that are affecting your everyday life. Like if this sleeps things like such seems like such a small topic, but it is huge, has massive impacts on the, your whole day. So, um, be comfortable and, and, and be open to trying to make uh, a habitual change and a lifestyle change that is going to have great, significant, positive impacts 
not just on sleep, but the, the overall, your o- overall well-being and your overall health. Mate, I think we've we've really covered some some interesting topics there. Uh, specifically, obviously, the question that we're asked, but also the added things that you can include and need to take into consideration when when obviously running. Um, and I think that that's really great stuff and really good to to end on that note. So, for me, great to have you on the show today, uh, and also just to just to to talk about running. Uh, but also to, to catch up on other areas. And uh, until next episode, thanks, we'll man. Thank you, man. I'm going to enjoy some uh, Vegemite posts now, so take it easy.